Hello and welcome to the newest edition of Pro Pharma Talks. Today we're going to be talking about medical devices and how they're independently tested. But before we get into that, I'd like to remind you to review and subscribe. Hello, welcome to the newest edition of Pro Pharma Talks. My name is Alex Hernandez. Alongside me as always is Dr. Craig Stern. And today we're going to be talking about the very exciting subject of medical devices. <laughs> now, now the reason why we're talking about this is um, we, M and myself, we we watched last week tonight, uh, and the most recent episode involved medical devices and you know some of the sketchy ways that medical devices are being implanted into people, and we thought this would be a good topic for this week, and Dr. Stern had kind of mentioned about other devices that are being used that are not mentioned in the episode, right? Yeah, that's so, a good way to put so it. So we wanted to kind of distinguish between some that have been have a little more of a sketchier past or or a sketchy approval process or as we could say FDA approved versus what was it FDA cleared? Was that yeah, what it was? Yeah, yeah. That's not really the issue. The right. the main issue here is the following. Um um, they, they've talked on the internet about um, devices that are implanted and the problems with those implants right. from a, a validation standpoint, from an FDA approval standpoint. There are also a whole series of medical devices that are used for at-home testing mm -hmm. that are available over the counter or known as OTC. Um, and so we wanted to talk about that so people understood that there are some differences here and they could have a certain level of confidence in certain tests versus others that are implanted that are clearly a problem. Right. Okay. So wh what are some examples of some of these at-home test kits? Yeah, there's a lot of them, but I made a list. Um, the blood glucose monitors where people uh, prick their, their fingers in order to check their blood sugar. Blood pressure monitors where you put a cuff around your arm and you take your blood pressure. Um, clotting met monitors where you're checking to see how quickly your, your blood clots, especially for people who are on um, uh, certain blood thinners uh, right. that they have to monitor to make sure that they don't over-treat uh, the patient. Right. Uh, pregnancy test kits, clearly ovulation detection kits are important uh, kits for it. Uh, there are asthma monitors. Uh, there are cholesterol monitors uh, to check your cholesterol. There's also a monitor for hepatitis C and for HIV. Um, and there's a vaginal pH monitor. pH means acidity, um, et cetera, and, uh, that are used for a host of, yeah. of reasons with regard to especially infection. And right. then there are some medication adherence monitors that are heavily influenced by other uh, factors besides just medication adherence. So right. there are some issues that uh, we can talk about for all of this. And we could say that all these at-home test kits have been what they call FDA approved, right? They're FDA approved. There, There is clearly not an issue with regard to approval. Mm -hmm. The important issue with regard to at-home testing is, is that because you're using it to identify whether um, your blood glucose is too high, your blood pressure is too high, etc. 
they're independently validated, or you can have them independently validated mm-hmm. by a laboratory, uh, or uh, taking your meters, for example, to the doctor's office and checking what your blood pressure is versus the blood pressure that the doctor me- uh, measures and other issues. So that these can all be independently validated. Bottom line is the number may not be exactly the same as what the lab has, but it has to be really, really close. Mm-hmm. And then whatever you're, me- you're monitoring, whether it's at home or something you've gotten over the counter, these kind of things then are very useful for testing things so that you can make decisions or you can call your doctor um, or even talk to your pharmacist about it to say, is this number too high? Right. Is there something that I should be doing? Those kind of questions. So these uh, at-home test kits, does it does it go under the same scrutiny as, say, um, a, a pharmaceutical drug does? It does not go under the same scrutiny as a pharmaceutical drug uh, because in the FDA there's a pharmaceutical division, mm-hmm. there's a medical device division, Okay. and um, in the case of the at-home testing, there's a significant amount of approval and testing to make sure that whatever the number or the result is that you get out of the test is something that can be validated, and the FDA goes through that process Mm -hmm. to do it. And at the same time, you can do it yourself. You can check it out, or you can check with your your doctor when they take a laboratory testing, or, you know, your doctor with blood pressure, or, you know, checking to, uh, to ensure that you found that you have hepatitis C, God forbid, or HIV, God forbid, you can have that validated independently. I didn't know that they had HIV test kits. For they home. do. Wow. They do. Is that yeah. is that new? Is that? No, it's yeah. been around for a few years, okay. um, and um, uh, these kind of things because it's a virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, these kind of things are tests that you take and then you send it in mm-hmm. to a lab, and the lab then confirms or identifies that you're positive. Wow, and um, a lot of these uh, test kits I, I've noticed when I'm you know when you're when your wife forces you to go to the mall and you have to go to the store. I've noticed that in the Apple store, which seems to be the dad store now, um, in the Apple store, you could see things like blood glucose monitors um, and you can, and it can be tracked with your watch or with your phone and things are linking up now and they have this attachment that can sync in with your phone. A lot of these are becoming more technology based. Well, this is a really exciting area. Right. Um, in the past, you always had to go to the doctor in order to get um, an order for laboratory tests mm-hmm. or to have your blood pressure taken or, or to have something confirmed whether you had a particular disease, etc. Right. But the, the emphasis on medicine, it's always been there, but the major emphasis has always been on identification and prevention. The ultimate in identification and prevention is for you to be wearing something that will tell what your basic indicators are Mm -hmm. and then transfer it or send it to a local um, site where the site keeps all the information. And then the doctor, in some cases the pharmacist, can look at it and say, that's too high, that's okay, uh, that's too low, you need to do something else, et cetera, for it. Right. So uh, in the future, there will even be um, monitors that will deal with infections so that you can identify in a very quick way uh, what you're infected with so that 
uh, they'll know what to treat you with, what, what kind of medications. Right. There'll be a host of other things where they're doing it in clothes. Uh, and uh, certain clothes have, have, will have monitors so that they can monitor what's going on. Yeah, and that's I've the exciting that. part because exciting. Uh, people will be able to say, here's all this data and information, and now we can make decisions. And in some cases... Make more informed decisions. They'll make more informed decisions. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, in, a, in a very exciting way, in some cases, people will be able to change their habits because they'll see from their numbers that it's too high, too low, or otherwise, and they'll have a recommendation of what to do to change it. So it's a very exciting time moving uh, these things over to technology-based solutions. Yeah, and it's very exciting, and, and it's helpful with coordination of care, which is a lot of the things that we see as we analyze data from our clients, is we try to solve a lot of these coordination of care issues, which you would think is pretty easy to solve. You just have to look see and react right, right, right and then right. with with that all that data pulled together at once you can actually see what's being done and make better decisions as yes well. you can so yes, with can. um with these medical devices as well much like with pharmaceutical drugs there's there's a uh, drug classifications you yes. can separate drugs by certain classes where where do these medical devices stand on that yeah the fda has uh, three classes mm-hmm uh, class one, two, and three. Uh, class well, three. Yeah. Class <laughs> one is low risk. Okay. Class three is very high risk, and class two is somewhere moderate risk. And when you talk about risk, you're talking about risk to the patient. Okay. So it's low risk to the patient. There's nothing that the monitor or the device is going to do that, in general, is going to harm the person. Right. On the other hand, a, a medical device that's class three. Um, can very well harm the patient. And so when you look at this in the case, for example, of the devices that um, John Oliver talked about or otherwise, these are more of uh, class three medical devices that are implanted in somebody's hip or knee or otherwise. In the case of most of the uh, OTC, over-the-counter, at-home testing, this is all class one. Um, It lists about half of all devices, mm-hmm. and um, it includes things like anima kits, elastic bandages, manual stethoscopes, uh, but it's much broader than that. There's a bunch of these tests that we're talking about right. that would all be included under class one, maybe under class two, because class two does include some pregnancy test kits, mostly due to the fact of what the, what the impact is if you get a false positive, and every one of these tests just to be fair, there's always the chance of a false positive or a false negative. False positive meaning it could say that you have a high blood sugar when in fact you don't. There was something that you ate, um, that you you drank orange juice or whatever, and as a result of that, you got a high number. Uh, Or false negative where it says, no, you don't have the problem, but for whatever reason, uh, you're not showing up as positive at that time. I'm sure the directions on there would probably tell you not to do that. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. But you can't tell. There are, and I put together some basic notes that M will attach to this um, this uh, podcast. <coughs> Pardon me. That um, will give some URLs for the web and things like that for people to find. 
Um, and uh, also, if people are concerned about a particular test, for whatever reason, um, we've given a URL from the uh, Food and Drug Administration, from the FDA, where you can go and you can check it. There's something called the Investigational Device Exem uh, Exemption, IDE, uh, for clinical studies so that you can see whether there have been uh, any clinical studies on it. And then um, over-the-counter use tests, there's also an access data uh, mm -hmm. site for that. All of that will be on that um, on the uh, attachment mm -hmm. to the podcast so that you'll have it. So what, what is this over-the-counter use test? You mentioned it. What, what does that entail? What is that about? Well, over-the-counter use test just has to deal with all the different tests that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. And it's giving a list of them so that you can identify if the kind of meters, maybe not the manufacturer, but the kind of meters are available and if they've been FDA approved. So, mm. for example, there's FDA approvals on blood glucose monitors, blood pressure monitors, things like that. It doesn't mean that everything is as sensitive to it. For example, and only as an example, if you're taking your blood pressure and you have a cuff around your arm, uh, and depending on how you do it, if, if, if you wrap it appropriately, you're going to get a, a, a pretty accurate number of what your blood pressure is. On the other hand, there are meters that you can put on your finger in order to measure it. And in many cases, those have been shown to be a problem. They don't have enough blood flow in the area. They're not as sensitive to what happens. So if there is a concern, one, you should talk to the pharmacist there in order to get some, uh, some uh, basic data. Two is clearly your physician may have some comments about it. And three, you can go to the web in order to identify what is approved. You can take a look and see whether there have been uh, complaints or otherwise with regard to sensitivity of these instruments. What are your thoughts on my Apple Watch telling me <laughs> my blood pressure? Well, as a guy who also has... <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, the, the bottom line here is is that it's sensing it um, as these things become more and more uh, accurate. They're going to have greater sensing, be able to do more. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this is an area where um, certainly on my watch, your watch, you can get your pulse. Mm -hmm. um, and in later generations, you can get your blood pressure, etc. So, I mean, this is just the beginning. There's all kinds yeah. of things. You certainly use it for exercising, so you can count your steps. Yeah. So you can count the number of miles that you've walked in order to deal with it. Terribly important in people that have had heart attacks, have severe cardiovascular disease, or what's known as ASCVD, atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. It's terribly important. But a host mm -hmm. of other things where you want to keep people active. Right. And as I think we've talked about, mm -hmm. um, uh, inactivity is a risk factor for cardiovascular disease. And cardiovascular disease is one where we call it a microvascular disease, meaning in the very small vessels, it creates a problem. Well, if you're up, you're moving around, you're building uh, up that microvasculature, you're also building up what's known as a collateral circulation. So mm -hmm. it's not just that particular vessel, but there's other vessels around that are also being built up. That's terribly important. You can solve some things with drugs, but if you have an independent risk factor, you can still get all of the complications of the disease mm -hmm. because you haven't dealt with that. And right. these kind of things are helping us so yeah. that uh, they can help us with these 
independent risk factors. Like when it tells me every couple hours or so, hey, it's time to get up. Yes, yeah. yes. Or <laughs> I'm standing over you and saying, Alex, it's time <laughs> for you to get up and to uh, give me a result. Said no boss ever. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, it's not just Apple Watch. I use Apple Watch as an example, but... Um, Android has a version of it. Fitbit has an example of it. I mean, there's there's tons of devices now yes. that can carry your your blood pulse monitoring and make sure you're breathing right. And it's it's very exciting stuff. And that that's why I mentioned the over counter stuff. And one of the things I wanted to get into with this topic was this over the counter um, devices where you can just walk into a pharmacy or any store really and get an over the counter device, how would one know that it's FDA approved and has been tested? Well, number one, it's well, on the box. Before before going on the web. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. it's on the box. Right. So it's identified that it's FDA approved. That's okay. number one. Number two is yes, you're right. You can go up on the web and you can get the particular manufacturer, the particular product. You can get all of the comments about it, positive and negative. Mm -hmm. So you can certainly find that out. But as I've also said, you should talk to your pharmacist. Right. You should talk to your physician because they may have comments about it as well. Certainly, the physician who's prescribing it should have some idea of, of the device and what they're trying to do and how, and how accurate, accurate it is. Yeah. 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 And the pharmacist... Uh, will have some good ideas based on um, what their education is, what they've read, uh, people coming to talk to them about it. So there's a lot of good professional help, aside from the fact that it's on the box. Oh, okay. Well, what about QS by FDA approval? You, you mentioned that here. What is this about? What, what's that? Yeah, um, there is a quality program mm -hmm. within the FDA um, and quality program, uh, especially for home uh, uh, testing, as we've talked about all these different um, uh, monitors. Right. And uh, what they do is, is they are comparing the results from the medical device that you have at home to a laboratory value to ensure the fact that your blood sugar is closer equal to whatever the laboratory has, et cetera. Laboratory being the gold standard, mm -hmm. that's what doctors have and make medical decisions upon. Pharmacists also make decisions about it, and so do nurse practitioners. Uh, but um, that's the gold standard, and now you're using these devices to compare so that you're assured that the numbers that you're getting right. are accurate numbers and, and something you can follow. And you can decide whether or not you should still be using that device. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's an interesting, yeah. it's an interesting conversation. Um, it's a fairly short one for today. Um, would, you, would you like to add anything else to that? Yeah, I think the most important issue here is the following, and mm -hmm. that is um, the, the devices that are... Uh, placed in the body clearly need to be evaluated, clearly need to have as much information as possible. And so heavily that, scrutinized. And heavily scrutinized. Yeah. One, for the immediate problem, and two, over time, because they're going to be in your body mm -hmm. potentially for the rest of your life, so you need to address it. On the other hand, the at-home and over-the-counter monitors are there in, in order to, one, diagnose certain uh, issues like a pregnancy test kit, mm -hmm. but also to monitor your, your condition 
and in in fact, most of those, if not all, have uh, been um, heavily tested. If you don't believe it, you have a very easy way in order to find out what the result is by asking your doctor to take blood and having the lab confirm it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, certainly, with blood pressure going in and letting the doctor or the pharmacist in the pharmacy confirm your blood pressure so that you've got confirmation. In that way, you can feel confident that what you're doing and why you're doing it is giving you as, um, as sensitive and as specific as the information you would get from other means. And the world is moving in that direction. It's already there. We're already doing it. But more and more as all of this is added, there'll be more and more information of how to do it. Yes, there will be some arguments about um, security and privacy, etc. But the basic way to handle that is that um, you have complete control of your own information. Right. You can dole it out in pieces. You don't have to dole it out 100% to anybody unless you want the doctor to know or the pharmacist to know, whoever. Um, but you have complete control of the data, and right. then you can give it out piecemeal, and then um, many of the issues with regard to privacy and security are all handled by you. You have control over what goes on. You have the ability to make the decision. That's the core issue, um, and in most of these cases, the problem is not privacy, um, especially in, in testing. It's a matter of ensuring the fact that you have it, that you're doing it, and then family members clearly uh, can assist and make sure that you're complying, that you take the test, right. and that the information gets to the appropriate entity that you want it to go to. Right, right. It's all, all helpful information. And, of course, before using any of these devices, talk to your doctor, ask questions, ask your pharmacist questions, and um, ask Dr. Stern questions. He loves answering everybody's questions. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> That's it for today, um, um, or for this week actually. Mm-hmm. And um, until next week, we'll we'll, we'll we will be back. Uh, please visit ProPharmaConsultants.com. We have a free information page called RX InfoX, which has a really exciting drug price ticker that's updated uh, monthly. And um, anything else? You no, I think it's exciting yeah. to have that price uh, that uh, price checker. There's a lot of drugs. There's uh, several thousand drugs, so it may not get to your drug as it's scrolling through it. But I think it's very <laughs> exciting, and I think people should take a, a quick look at it because mm-hmm. it'll give you an idea of what the actual cost of the drug is, and then you can make decisions about what you want to pay for. Yeah, exactly. And also below that is a bunch of information from several different healthcare resources that we pull from. And um, as always... You can uh, comment, message, and please write a review and subscribe to our podcast. Um, We're found on virtually all podcast formats. And um, that'll be all for this week, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pro Pharma Talks. Um, just a little info about us. We are Pro Pharma Pharmaceutical Consultants Incorporated. We are a woman-owned consulting firm that specializes in healthcare consulting and analytics. 
This week's featured product is ProPharma's Comprehensive Medication Review for Populations. It is an automated review of medication that is linked to billing, EMR patients, and prescriber letters. CMR addresses the most significant issues with medication therapy. What is patient's therapeutic outcome? Are patient drug therapies effective? Are the patient's drug therapy safe? <laughs> for more information, visit ProPharmaConsultants.com or give us a call at 888-701-5438.